0: This is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Okay, sorry. The thing that... Hello, everybody. The thing that I just found out... You ever, like, hear about something happening on this day in history, and then you go, what? And you have to read it twice to make sure it's accurate? What happened? Five years ago today, Joey Bats did the bat flip. Is that really? Five years. Five years ago. Uh, That's stupid, eh? I can't believe
1: that was five five years years ago, ago. first off. Yeah. Second off, maybe it's just because I don't give a shit about baseball. I didn't see what all the hype was about. It's like, oh, okay. Well, he threw the bat. It didn't really. It was flip like, a, that are much. you
0: kidding me? That's the that's the sport equivalent of a mic drop. Exactly. Is it? Yes, and it was one of those games where they were behind. It was that moment of the game where it was like they were behind. They hated the team they were playing. The team that they were playing hated them. They were like, screw you. We're gonna win. And Joey Bass just said, "Fuck your coach." And he knocked it out of the park and swung his bat. It was a wonderful moment. People who were bitter hated it, okay? Bitter, bitter people hated it. I love that moment. Five years ago today, everybody. Wednesday, October 14th is the date today. Five years ago that happened. Crazy.
1: Hmm. Okay. Uh, Let me start off with a DM. This is from Steve. Good morning, Scott. After hearing from Doug Ford and restaurant owners that these food delivery services charge up to 30% to restaurants to use the service. I'm an avid live I'm an avid user as well as an advocate to support local restaurants. Will you change how you order food? love the morning show and the podcast keep making mornings great Stephen. Stephen thanks. That's a great question. Um, okay, so you're not wrong. These delivery services charge restaurants a fortune. Way back at the beginning of the pandemic, we tried to shine a light on how much these delivery services are charging. And they're all similar. I believe Uber Eats is the most expensive and Skip the Dishes is the least expensive and DoorDash is right in the middle. I think that's right. But they're still charging a fortune to these restaurants. And if the restaurant wants to stand out, on the app against all the other restaurants and draw attention to themselves by offering, like, free delivery and stuff like that, it costs them even more. Yeah, And I agree with the premier. We should uh, give some relief to these restaurant owners who have really driven the marketing for these food apps. I mean, when we were in lockdown there back in the spring, so many people were ordering takeout, and they just did what the convenient thing to do is – You open up Skip the Dishes or Uber Eats or DoorDash. You order your food and it gets delivered. And you think you've supported a local restaurant. And you have, but they paid a lot of money to get you that order. Like way more than they would have had you picked it up. So will I continue to use the apps? Yes. Yes, I will. I order in probably 50% of my dinners. Wow. I'm just so busy lately. I got shit on the go all the time. And it's just convenient when it's just one person to order something in. So I do support local restaurants by using the app, but I'm also mindful of the fact that those apps charge those restaurants a lot of money. So I pick up whenever I can, and I always um, uh, use that community support tab. I don't know if Uber has that, but I know Skip the Dishes does, where you can kick in a few extra bucks just to the restaurant. So I've donated like, Two bucks, five bucks, ten bucks, one time, uh, just to try and offset some of that thirty percent charge that the restaurant pays to right. be on that app.
0: I, when you do hear those numbers, sometimes it's just—I mean, it's not—it's not good, especially if it's a small time. That's how, and and then the bigger chains, right? it's easier for them to be able to manage it. But when you have a small time, you know, uh, place, a mom and pop shop, it's, it's difficult. It's, it is. So yeah, it's great to keep top of mind. I agree with you, Scott, where if, if I can, I will. Um, I don't even order in a lot, but if I do and I'm able to pick it up, yeah, every time. Um, I have a DM from Trina, if I may, I want to give a shout out to her husband.
1: Hey, now, what's up there?
0: (laughs) That sounds funny. Um, Trina says, hey, Kat, I introduced my husband to the podcast a few months ago, and he's hooked. His shifts don't allow him to listen to the on-air show, so he downloads the podcasts and listens while he drives home at 4 a.m. He laughs so hard uh, that he has no trouble staying awake. Can you give him a shout-out in the podcast? His name is Kevin. Thank you for everything you and Scott do. So That's awesome. Thank you, Kevin, for that. We are happy to be here for you. That's kind of the best part about doing the podcast is you can listen to it anytime on your own, on your own convenience. Uh, Listen to it. So thank you, Kevin, for that. And Trina as well.
1: Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Let's talk about this new survey. New survey says Canadians are turning against the idea of a mandatory COVID-19 vaccine when it becomes available. Now, only 39% of Canadians say a vaccine should be mandatory. 54% say it should be voluntary. Now, the 39% who say it should be mandatory, that's down from 57% back in July. Okay, so is that just people are hearing all these shitty stories about the vaccines having trouble in their trials and they're thinking, don't force me to take it? Or is it people getting skeptical about the virus? Or what's fueling that?
0: Maybe, but you ask those people, I mean, those surveys are asking different people too, right? Sure. It's not, it's not like they're saying, okay, let's get your opinion three months from now. Same people. So, and yeah, people have different thoughts on it. Some people are pro-vaccination no matter what. Stick it in my arm. Let's do this. Don't care where it came from. I trust it's fine. Other people may be a little more skeptical, and I think you're going to get a little bit of everything. My own experience is that most people I know are a tad skeptical, even those in healthcare. Even my family and friends in healthcare are going, uh, if I'm supposed to recommend this to, to my clients, to my uh, patients... I should say. Do you know what if I'm not really on board with it uh, or I'm not unsure of it? Now, that said, if they put one out there, and I mean, we mentioned the trials that, that have been halted. There's two now, two major trials have been halted because of things happening. That makes people nervous hearing those stories, right? Because then they're like, well, what, what if they had gone ahead with it and then something weird happened? And yeah, the odds might be slim on it, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if people. I think that you know what you know what it is I think people are taking a while for the realization to set in of how long and how m- much more complicated this is than it seems <laughs> like I think people in the beginning of this pandemic you know March pandemic okay so we should have a vaccine soon and we'll be all healed up and ready to go no nope, that's not how this works it's very very complicated uh and it takes a long long time so I think the longer it's gone on the more people have kind of realized like oh, this is going to take a while and maybe I shouldn't be so quick to assume I'm going to get a vaccine shoved in my arm soon and maybe I should question what's going on here and pay more attention. That's at least what I hope, that people are paying more attention to
1: it. I think I'm ready to travel. I've had enough time cooped up here. I think I'm ready to get out and, so, and I, I love Canada, but I think I need to either hit the Caribbean or mm-hmm. I need to go to Europe, but I need to go somewhere.
0: So funny. What a uh, friend of mine is thinking of taking her family to Mexico Yeah, soon and was asking me my, my thoughts on it. And by the way, don't, if you're thinking about doing it, don't ask other people's thoughts on it. If that, that's what you go do your research. Do your research. And this is what I said to her too. I'm like, do your research about that resort, about that area. Figure out, am I going to feel comfortable with my family on that journey from the airport in Mexico to that resort? What is the resort doing exactly? Can you read reviews from people who have actually stayed there recently? Will you feel safe? Are you okay with the fact that you're not going to have these, you know, concerts and beach events and all the other things? Some people, some people might go for that and some people don't, right? Uh, but make sure that it's exactly what you, what you picture. Because I know it's cheap. And I know for some people it's very tempting, and that's why my friend is is considering going in December. It's dirt cheap. It's so cheap right now. It's so cheap, but obviously you're going to get a little bit less. The food and the beverages will still be there. The service is apparently still there. Everybody's wearing masks, but it is going to look a lot different than your usual, you know, all-inclusive vacation packages it's not going to be the exact same but there's less people at the resort so me personally would I take my family right now no but that's me and my choice and if you do your research and you think it's all right then go for it where would you go by the way
1: uh I'm thinking probably Europe but I don't know wow I I might I just got to go somewhere I I literally feel cooped up I've had enough I want to fucking go somewhere this is getting shitty right right. I hear you Let let me uh, give you a little example of how cheap it is to do a Caribbean vacation. So right now I am looking up one week, all inclusive. Let's go to, say, Punta Cana. Air Transat, Saturday to Saturday. $489 round trip per person. (laughs) That's nuts, eh? And and here's the thing. This is part of the reason that I think this is OK. Now, I'm still gainfully employed, just so you know. I Obviously, I am. Uh, but there's many people who uh, work from home or they're self-employed or whatever. And we all know that, yeah, sure, you can go basically anywhere right now, but you have to self-isolate for two weeks when you get back. Right. Now we've got this new benefit that apparently has no checks and balances on it, nearest I can tell because I'm already hearing from people that have applied for it and got it and shouldn't be. So when you get back, you have to self-isolate, make that one-week vacation into a three-week time off work, and those two weeks are going to get paid by the government because you get money if you have to stay home. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Am I crazy? uh yeah no it's it's, a bit of a scam but why not it's right there and there's no checks and balances to say you can't if you're forced to stay home from work because you need to self-isolate and you chose to use your one week of vacation time down in the caribbean or whatever okay so i gotta be off for two weeks fine government will pay me instead of work cool we're great i get that two weeks of uh sick benefit pay
0: right yeah, it's uh, no. I hear no. You're you're absolutely not crazy. I hear what you're saying, and there's people that are listening right now. You're giving them ideas, and we're giving them ideas. Like, yeah, yeah. What if I can work that out? I'm okay with my kids skipping in class learning for a couple weeks when we return from our vacation. Fuck it, it make, make them do it there. Yeah, they can just. Sure, they could. They could do it from home when they get back and isolate and all those other things that we're supposed to do. And then maybe I'll get a little
1: uh, government money too. Uh, 500 bucks per person for a week you can't afford to not go it would probably cost you more money to stay (laughs) like think about your grocery shopping and your gas and and all that shit that you're gonna use just go on vacation fuck it Go. Yeah, I mean... When you have to self-isolate, you've used one week of vacation time to get three weeks away from work. You get paid for two of those weeks, and you got a dirt-cheap vacation. Yeah,
0: the question is, you know, really, really you got to base it on what you like in that vacation, right? Maybe you like staying in your bubble anyway. I know you, so I know that this does not apply to you. But there are some people... That enjoy, hey, when I go out on my, let's say, all inclusive, I love going to be a part of that beach show and coming and sitting in a crowd of people and watching a Michael Jackson impersonator and then going to the bar and meeting people and chatting because it's not going to be that way. But if you're okay with bubble, you can still do the restaurants and things. I'm sure it's just socially distanced like everything else. If you just like, and just laying on a beach is perfectly fine, nothing wrong with that. If you like all those things, as long as you know, then, yeah, a vacation still might be for you. The airport, to me, is the grossest part, the freakiest part for me. Like, it's not even being there. Like, if if you teleported me to a resort, fuck yeah, I'm going to a resort right now. But it's the in-between stuff. It's the travel to and from. It's the who am I going to bump into, who's going to bump into me, depending on where you go. Uh, it's there's a lot of things that I'm unsure about, but it's the same everywhere. I mean, I would feel just as nervous traveling to like I'd love to go, you know, to visit my my sister in law and go to I'd do a whole trek through Banff and then I go see her in Edmonton and then get a car and I could do that. It's just the, all the in between stuff that freaks me out. Hmm.
1: Somebody found a piece of an airplane in their backyard in Arizona. <laughs> they figure it fell from a passing airplane. As you know, I live in Milton and there are nonstop planes flying over my head all day long. Even in the pandemic, it's amazing how many more planes there are in the sky Mm -hmm. now than there were three, four months ago. And it seems like there's way too many stories of parts falling off of airplanes yeah. into people's yards. Yeah. And you know what? I feel like I'm
0: more likely because I'm uh, over the or under the flight path of, of the Waterloo Airport. So those are usually smaller planes, much smaller than the ones that are going to fly over you. And i am always worried because sometimes I hear them. They're super loud. They sound old. And I'm like, something's going to fall off that plane. It does, it does not sound right. How is that allowed to fly? That's a constant fear of mine. How big was this piece that fell
1: into this person's yard? It was a decent size. Really? Yeah. They went out in the backyard and they were like, what the hell is this? That's freaky, man. And and I think they were thinking like somebody chucked it over the fence into their yard. And then they realized, wait a second, this looks like a piece from an airplane. So sure enough, they did some phoning around and they were able to figure out exactly which flight it was that lost a piece coming in to land. Wow. That's a problem, to be perfectly honest with you. We can't have parts falling off of airplanes from 20,000 feet. It's just not a good thing For us not getting hurt on the ground.
0: We'll just stick this right back on here. No problem.
1: No problem. (laughs) We'll just come out
0: and just stick it on here. A little bit of glue will be fine.
1: Like, did it hit something or did somebody fuck up? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. How does it just fall? Like, you'd think everything was, like, pretty securely tightened on an airplane No,
0: it is that's a that's seriously one of those one-off really random things because i know i know someone who who helps to build planes they get paid very well by the way to do it but there's so much responsibility on them to make sure that everything's secure they pass a ton of tests before that any kind of plane any size of plane they have to go through rigorous rigorous testing of that aircraft and all the pieces and all the parts and make sure it's good so for that to happen that could be totally be human error because they should be testing things out, but it it can happen. It's a one in maybe a million. I don't know what the chances are, but it can happen. It's freaky.
1: The airline industry is fucked. I mean, yesterday, Porter, that's the airline that flies Mm -hmm. out of the Island Airport, pushed back their relaunch again. Now it will be at least December before they start flying again. Uh, This morning, the breaking news is that WestJet is almost basically pulling out of Atlantic Canada, they've canceled so many flights east of Quebec that it's almost like they're not even going there anymore. They're basically going to be from Ontario out to BC and a couple of trips out to Europe. And that's it.
0: Now, is that because of lack of passengers or is that because of fear of COVID?
1: I think it's a I mean, it all starts with a lack of passengers, right? But part of that lack of passengers means maybe you can't uh, lease as many aircraft as you have. Maybe you can't keep as many people on the payroll that coordinate these routes. Maybe you can't afford to um, uh, do this or that. So some things have got to give, and they take some of their least profitable routes, and they get axed. I mean, let's be honest. Probably the busiest air corridor in the country is between Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal. Those are always going to be profitable. Those planes will most of the time be full. But when you're flying a full plane from Toronto to Moncton, how full is that flight on a consistent basis? Hey,
0: don't you rip Moncton.
1: And I don't mean to shit on Moncton. and I'm not. It's, I'm sure it's a lovely place. It's just how yeah. full could that plane possibly be relative to the cost of the flight for Toronto to Montreal or Ottawa or even New York, I'm sure, is a pretty popular route as well. Um I want to talk about that uh, that slutty news anchor in a second. Hmm. It's a great reason to not date somebody you work with. A group of home insurers in America got together as a joint project, and they decided to do a focus group. And that's good. Focus groups are great. Sometimes as an industry, you all want to get together and try and understand what the goal is and how you can make your business more profitable, serve more people, that sort of thing. Right? Sure. In this case, they didn't want to hear from customers. They wanted to hear from burglars, so they did a lot of coordinating, a lot of vetting
0: <laughs> what? in the underground. Like what? a lot of coordinating, how? Just like call random people?
1: Have you burglared lately? Have you been a burglar? Have you? I believe they wanted to hear from people who have explicitly been charged with break and enter.
0: So, what do you do? Like, uh, are these people who are behind bars, or just they? They were able to get a list of.
1: Okay, so that part's not clear. All okay. I know is that they spoke to actual criminal convicts. Interesting. And they asked them some very simple things so they could get some focused information that they could pass on to their customers. One of the things they wanted to know is, where do you look for the valuables when you break into a house? What's your go-to spot where every single time, you know that the cash will be under the mattress or uh, every single time, you know, the jewelry's gonna be in the, the drawer in the master bedroom. Mm-hmm. That sort of shit. Here's what they said this is the results of their survey. Hide your valuables in random locations like cereal boxes, pasta boxes or jars, even children's toy boxes, because thieves will target the main rooms of the house. They'll go to the living room. They'll go to the kitchen. They'll go to the bedroom. Expensive goods need to be hidden in more unusual places. They say even locked safes that aren't secured to a floor or a wall will be targeted. They'll just take the whole safe and get into it on their own time. So if you have a safe, good. If you have a safe that's not actually fastened to the floor or wall... Not good.
0: Interesting. I had a friend in high school and their grandparents hid money and jewelry and anything else that was important to them in, uh, it was like a crock pot or it was like a baking pot. Basically they put it in there and they had their house went up in flames. Okay. They had a fire at their house. The house was completely destroyed. Everything in that pot was fine. And they did it for two reasons. One, in case their house went up in flames, I know the insurance company's probably like, that's fucking sketchy. Mm-hmm. And B, burglars won't go around checking your pots and pans. Right. That was their thought process. So maybe there's something to that too, because I mean, you're mentioning all those things, right? Your, cereal boxes and this and that. And I feel like I see that a lot on, t- like, in movies though, and on television as people hiding shit in cereal boxes and stuff yep. in their pantry. I feel like if I was a burglar, I'd probably go there first.
1: Well, they say you should hide stuff in uh, non-obvious places. They're going to go through, they're not going to go through all your food packets. DVD cases are a good place to hide some valuables because thieves are not going to go through all your DVDs looking for cash. Yeah,
0: basically, if you're a thief, you don't have time, which is why, case in point, when you said it, it's true, they'll take the whole safe with them if you have a safe. They'll try to just, let's just open this later, worry about it later, right? They'll save as much time as they can while they're in the process of being a burglar
1: basically one burglar said and another agreed that it's basically an unwritten rule you don't go into kids bedrooms children's bedrooms wouldn't be a bad place to hide your valuable belongings oh like in a toy box or something like that
0: that's a freaky thought though i'm not putting any value like that would just make me feel like oh here we go hopefully uh Oh,
1: like, uh, but they're saying they don't go into the kids' rooms because there's nothing valuable in the kids' rooms. They're going for the master bedroom, and they're going for the ensuite. suite. They're going for jewelry boxes, and they might even look through the kitchen to see if you've got anything valuable in the mixed in with the china. Yeah. But they're not going through kids' stuff, and they're not going through cereal boxes and food packaging. Right. The DVD one's a little bit random because I don't know how many people have DVDs still laying around. I suppose you could if you want, but just make sure you don't put them in video game cases because apparently video games oh, are another that. one that they target.
0: Yeah, sure, they'll take those. Why not? You could find. Uh, yeah, you could. You could come up with some creative ways too. I don't know about you. I have. Uh, you know, you you can get those books that are actually not books. Yes, that you can put on a shelf.
1: It's got but, a false bottom in it.
0: That's right. But I feel like I feel like again those are maybe obvious spots you can always tell the fake out books can't you like you see sure. those yeah i think the most people know you see those at like home sense even they sell those they look fake a lot of the time so i'm not sure how great that is but if you had a place you could put it where it's mixed up with so many other books it would take them forever to get through there's an idea
1: totally agree with you let's talk about this news anchor hmm. we can agree that even though there are some stories where people say it does work as a rule, you should probably not date someone you work with, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that is, that is the rule. Most people know that. Some people actually have it in their contracts, but most people know that.
1: And they tell reporters, never be the story. You report on the story, you don't want to be the story. That's True. I guess a uh, 41 year old Maria Athens from the ABC Fox CW station affiliate in Anchorage, Alaska missed that day in journalism school. Here's why. Last Friday, she posted a Facebook video. She was sitting in the station's control room and she had breaking news about how Anchorage's mayor, Ethan Berkowitz, had his male genitalia posted on an underage girl's website.
0: Big story.
1: That sick son of a bitch. Our mayor has got his penis online. Unacceptable. Story tonight at 6 o'clock. It's an exclusive here for uh, ABC, Fox, CW, and Alaska. <laughs> By the way, it's weird for one station to be an affiliate for three different networks, but <laughs> that that's Alaska so, for you. That is so bizarre. So this video is pretty strange. It seemed like she was doing a promo for the news. Well, the mayor caught wind of this and he thought something's fucking weird here. This isn't right. The police and the FBI began an investigation. They interviewed the mayor. They did some searching and they figured out it wasn't true. That girl made this whole thing up. You want to know why she did it? (laughs)
0: I can take a guess.
1: Maria and Mayor Ethan, what is it, uh, Ethan Berkowitz, was it? Was that his name? Yes, it was. Ethan Berkowitz were having an affair, and apparently something went south in that relationship for her to come out and make a wild accusation like that as if it was a breaking news story.
0: Okay, she lacks common sense then, especially for a reporter. You can't just do that unless she knew something about him, unless she knew that that was a fact.
1: No, there was nothing to it. Uh, FBI investigated. They said this was all made up.
0: Oh, come on. That is like, it's so like, well, it's beyond petty. It's not okay. It's illegal, I think, too. Like, you can't do that.
1: You can't make up accusations like that. You could ruin someone's life by making up an accusation like that. Not
0: what an idiot.
1: And no matter how many times people hear it wasn't true, she made up the whole thing. They're still going to be sketchy around Ethan there, aren't they? Mm -hmm. They're still going to, every time they're in a room with him, think, oh, you're the guy's dick is all over that that pedo site. So it's definitely damaged his reputation. But as an on-air broadcaster yourself, you know what happens next. When you put out a story like that, something so false and salacious, you know what happens, right? Boss calls you into the office. Boss says, Maria Athens Anchor of this ABC, Fox, CW affiliate here in Anchorage, Alaska. What were you thinking? Why would you break that story that is completely untrue? Give me a good excuse for how this happened. She looked at her boss and punched him right in the face. Whoa. And this is why you shouldn't have an affair with someone you work with. Because as it turns out, she was also having an affair with the station manager. Oh my God. She is just leaving a trail of oh. destruction behind her. Oh, her she's pen. ruined the mayor, her punched pen. out the TV station manager. Her pen is so deep in that ink everywhere. So she's, she was screwing
0: the mayor and screwing her boss. Is is, who else was she screwing? Was there someone else?
1: Uh, no, those are the two people that she was having an affair oh, with at the time.
0: God.
1: So, she was arrested, assault. Criminal mischief, disorderly conduct. Okay, That sounds about right, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. she's pretty messed up. Wow. Why would you do that? Like, you, you
0: got you, you, you to be some different level of stupid to try to, for A, to do that, and B, think you're going to, like, get away with it? Like, it's going to be like, yeah, I got him. I said that his dick was all over some kid's site or whatever the hell you want to say. Like, yeah, I got you. Like, you knew that this wouldn't work, right? Or were you that dumb and you thought that somehow you would get away with that?
1: This is a good way to punish that fucker. Well, you can't do that. You can't make stuff up. Uh, We have, what, one minute? So let me do this in one minute or less. You ready? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about dessert. It's National Dessert Day. 72% of Canadians are cake people. Only 28% are pie people. I love eating pie. I You're mean, a pie person? I love pie. Ugh. Specifically, banana cream pie uh, is my favorite pie. Okay. But I mean, I'll eat cake too. My thing is, I don't like the icing. I just want the actual cake. Gotcha. Cookies or brownies? What did Canadians say?
0: Cookies are better.
1: Cookies are better. 52%. So it was close, but 52% said cookies. Chocolate chip or some other kind?
0: I love chocolate chip. Probably chocolate chip.
1: Yeah. Almost three and four. 74% of Canadians prefer a chocolate chip cookie over any other kind. Rice Krispie Treats or Lemon Squares?
0: Eh, I, my personal out of those two would be Lemon Squares.
1: Rice Krispie Treats got 62% oh, of the wow. vote. Mm-hmm. But I'm right there with you. I'll take that Lemon Swirl anytime. Or Lemon Square. <laughs> Cupcake or Muffin? Muffin. 58% said they prefer cupcakes. Am I crazy mm. by the way? What happened to cupcakes? Cuz cupcakes used to be fine for me, but it seems like every bakery is going out of their way to put as much icing as humanly oh, possible yeah. on top of a cupcake yeah. to the point where you almost can't even eat it without getting a full mouthful of icing.
0: Yeah. No, you're not wrong. That's like the it's like a trend really basically to see how much they can put on top. The the icing is usually like 2 2 to 1 ratio. It's, you get a little bit of cupcake, you get a ton of icing. And then you hope to God you don't get the icing all over you when you attempt to try to eat this.
1: You hope to God you don't get diabetes is what you <laughs> hope for. You might lose a leg, but nom, nom, nom. <laughs> and on that note, thank you for listening to After 9, everybody. Hit that subscribe button and keep these free episodes coming. Uh, as often as we post them, you'll just get a little notification that says, Hey now, there's a new podcast from Scott and Ken. now it doesn't say hey now but i wish it did i wonder how we can change that hey now hey now there's a new after nine
0: (laughs) you want to interrupt your meeting with hey now guys there's a podcast (laughs) hey
1: now have a great day everybody